Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today, we have a really awesome episode for you. We are chatting with Yuki McGregor, the creator of Dallas Birth Guide. So if you're familiar with Dallas Birth Guide, get excited because you get to hear more about Yuki, how she created it, what's going on with it now, and things to look out for in the future with Dallas Birth Guide. And if you're not familiar, well, this is a great opportunity to learn about Dallas Birth Guide and how amazing it is and all the cool things that they're doing in the birth world. And, you know, when we talk with Yuki about her story, she's one of those birth junkies who just became so passionate about birth that it had to become part of what she did. And she had to become a presence in the birth world, so to speak. So it's really cool to hear that perspective from her. And then also we get the added bonus of hearing part of her birth story with her daughter, Elena, whom she had at home. So it's just a really cool episode. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. And also keep an eye out for their podcast, The Dallas Birth Guide, which just launched and you can check it out in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and CastBox. And there's links to that in the show notes of this episode on diahpodcast.com. So go check out their podcast after you listen to this episode. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Yugi, welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast. 
Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, yes. I am very excited too. So we were chit-chatting a bit before we hit record and we've been in touch for a while, it feels like. you know, We connected yeah. on Instagram a while back and I've been following all that you do and all the pictures. It's just <laughs> been a really great way to to connect. I love Instagram for that. There's a lot of great that can come oh, yeah, out of definitely. the world of Instagram, especially in the birth world. Oh, yeah. Um, and now we get to talk. So yay. <laughs> yeah, so excited. So can you kick us off? I mean, just tell us a little bit about you, you know, who you are, your family and what you're doing over there in Texas. Yeah. (laughs) So I am in Texas. My name is Yuki. Um, I am the founder and right now the only person for Dallas Birth Guide, which is an online platform for moms specifically for the Dallas area. But it's really just good information for anybody who is going preparing to be a mom. Um, And so we really focus on education, empowerment, and support for their motherhood journey, starting from like preconception um, and really just helping moms know what their options are in having a baby. So choosing your provider, where you can have your baby, what kind of team you can put together to kind of help support you through all that. Um, and really making like making sure that you feel empowered and confident in your motherhood journey and just kind of giving you the best start to motherhood that you can. So it's really fun. Um, I myself have an almost two-year-old daughter. Her name is Elena. Um, me and my husband, Ryan, we had her at home, and which is why I'm on the podcast in the first place, because we had a home birth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it was a really great experience. Like, I, I loved it. And that, I mean, I kind of was interested in birth before she was even a, like, blip on our radar. Um, and it just kind of, once I had her and once I got pregnant, I was like, Oh, this is this is what I want to do. I want to be in and involved in the birth world because it's such like a magical area to to be in. That is so cool. Uh, there's so many <laughs> things about that that I love, and one of them that I want to touch on real quick is education, empowerment, and support. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's really full circle when you think about it because the education that's being informed, that's being in the know, having your, your research, if that's your thing, or just having the conversations, empowerment, you know, that's feeling affirmed in, you know, Mm -hmm. not just this decision, but I feel like it can have a ripple effect into all of your other decisions as a woman and as a mother. And then the support, that consistent, you know, community and tribe and resources to pull from. I mean, you hit it all. You you got everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really what my goal was because I there are so many amazing resources out there that women can go look for, like so many websites and people on Instagram who have the education piece really down. They have mm-hmm. all the information that you could possibly need on how to have a baby. But I feel like it's kind of like, okay, I have all this information. Now what do I do with it? And for some women, it's great. Like me, like me, myself, I'm a huge research kind of like driven person. So I can take that information and I can roll with it. But I, not everybody's brain just works like that. Some people need a little bit of extra guidance or maybe they have questions along the way of like, okay, well, I have this option, but is it really necessary? And they, and going to those websites, it's not exactly clear a lot of the time of like, what do I do with this information? Um, so that's really the piece that I wanted to give. So on the website, there's a whole education piece where you can read about every topic of, about where to have your baby, how to have your baby, who to have your baby with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's an extra piece of, okay, so you're in Dallas and you want to have, for example, like you are really interested in wanting an OB birth. So it can take you then to another page of here are all the OBs in the Dallas area that you could choose from. And you can search by your zip code and all of that. Um, and I have good information to like, 
how to pick your provider and making sure that women know like interviewing, interviewing your provider is humongous. Like you don't have to go with the first person on the list. Like it's such a, like birth is such a personal event that you really want to make sure that you have like a good connection with this person that is going to help you have your baby. Um, And so I really like huge deal for me to tell moms that is interview your people. Um, You can interview as many people as you want. You don't need to pick somebody right away. Um, And so that's just kind of like an added piece to like the education and empowerment support thing of here's your, here is all the information. Now here's what you can do with it. I feel like there's a lot of like action things that, that we do on Dallas birth guide that I just, I love. That's, that's amazing. I I dig all of that. Uh, What, (laughs) what kind of inspired this then? I'm sure it's a journey that, you know, we have to take a few steps back even before you yourself were pregnant and gave birth. So walk us through a little bit of the sequence that led to what is now Dallas birth guide. Yeah. So about two years before I got pregnant, I mean, she really was not like my husband and I, we've been together for a long time, but we weren't planning on having kids anytime soon. It just, it it was going to be way further down the road. Um, so I just so happened, I have a really good friend of mine watched this documentary on Netflix called the business of being born by Ricky Lake, which I feel like it's everybody's like first initiation into the birth world. It's funny. Um, Yeah. How often it comes up, you know, it's just kind of a staple. (laughs) Exactly. So um, I watched that and it was, it's an amazing documentary um, just about how the birth is, has become in the last, you know, 50 to a hundred years, a business for a lot of people. Um, And it really showcased how the maternity care system in America, specifically in hospitals can be very just money driven. Um, It's not necessarily what is best for the women. It's no longer like mother centered care, which it's changing, which is great. Um, But it also showcases what uh, midwifery care looks like. So it gives kind of really contrasting pieces. And so I watched that and it kind of just blew my mind wide open of what birth could look like because, because we weren't planning on having kids anytime soon. This is not something that I had previously thought about. Like, oh, let me just think about if I did get pregnant, what would I do or who would I, where would I have a baby? I feel like it's something that women, like we as a community, don't necessarily talk about in a day-to-day basis of like, if you got pregnant, what would you do? Um, We kind of just wait until like, oh, I am pregnant now. Like it's affecting me now. So now I'm going to think about this. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something I want to kind of change that narrative of let's talk about this beforehand and let's make this like a new thing that we just talk about in a day-to-day life of let's talk about pregnancy. Let's talk about birth, not just when you're actually pregnant, but well before so that you're prepared. So watch this documentary. It led me down like the huge rabbit hole that is the birth world. Um, And I I kind of sat with it for a little while. Like I didn't actually do anything with it. Um, And then I got pregnant. And so when I found out I was pregnant, because I had done all that research, I kind of immediately knew what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm going to go and look up some birth centers now. Because that was my original plan was I knew I didn't want a hospital birth, um, but I wasn't fully committed to a home birth just yet. And so I thought, okay, home, like a birth center is a really good like in between for me where I feel comfortable. And so I immediately went to look up birth centers. um, And I just, I felt like that was such a good start for me because there wasn't any concern of like, Oh, I don't know who to go see or um, like, where am I going to have a baby? Where did my mom have me? Where did my sister have her baby? I didn't have any of that confusion and just like information overload because beginning of pregnancy can be 
really emotional, really hormonal. And so a lot too much information at once can be so overwhelming. And so I feel like because I did that research piece ahead of time, I felt so at ease and so calm and I knew what I wanted. So I researched a bunch of our centers. I interviewed, I think, three or four midwives until I picked the one, um, which is funny because I actually did not end up having her as my midwife. I didn't have a birth center birth. So like halfway through my pregnancy, (laughs) I decide, I'm like, so I've been really thinking about this and I don't really like the idea of getting in a car laboring Mm -hmm. to come somewhere else. Right. Um, And so I was like, can we just switch this up and have her at home? And my midwife was great. And she was like, of course, like, it's super easy. Let's just change it in your chart. We'll have your like second to last home, like visit at home and just to kind of check out the area. Um, And it was great. And so I feel like that just gave me a really good start to the entire pregnancy experience. Um, And then I want to say Dallas Birth Guide started coming together, I think, like six or seven months pregnant. Wow. Just because, yeah, it was like really far into pregnancy. Um, and it was mostly because like I had been making all of these decisions about, okay, I want to have a home birth and I declined a few tests and I made all of these decisions because I had researched this and I thought, and I think women really need this. Like, just some sort of informational thing, letting them know, like, here are some other options. Because if I hadn't watched that documentary, I don't know what I would have decided. I mean, I don't, I honestly do not know. Um, And so I can, like, vividly remember, I'm, like, seven or eight months pregnant and, like, staying up to, like, two o'clock in the morning for no reason. Because, except that you're pregnant and you can't sleep. (laughs) Like, writing out, like, information and so much content. And so I spent the first, like, the last three months of my pregnancy putting together, like, all the informational pieces and all the education pieces of Dallas birth guide. And then had Elena and, um, I mean, I was postpartum for like the, you know, the first initial postpartum period, I did not do any work on Dallas birth guide. But after that, um, I just kind of put together a website and it just kind of grew from there, especially through Instagram and social media in general. I mean, it has just really blossomed and I'm just, I'm so happy with it. Absolutely. I mean, gosh, it's so cool because I'm feeling, you know, some similarities and some synergy with our journeys in the sense of creating things while pregnant, inspired by our decision to birth, you know, a certain way and being influenced by empowering material, you know, us launching the podcast, you launching Dallas Birth Guide and kind of going along a similar trajectory. It's just really cool. And I think, I mean, think about all the things and, and little instances like yours and mine that have been influenced by things like business of being born. And, you know, these women or these creators of these amazing pieces of content may never know us, you know, we may never meet and oh, yet, yeah. like what's possible as a result. And then all of these really awesome, powerful women getting involved in the birth world, I just think is so cool. You know, it gives me chills just thinking yeah. about it. Oh yeah. And like, if you, if you'd ask me like three or four, four years ago, this is like, I wanted to be a part of the birth world. I'd be like, why? Yeah. Like, I can't even, I can't even wrap my mind around that. Like, you just want to like, what do you want to do? Help people have babies? And like, it's just so much more than that. It's so crazy for me to think about that now, like how amazing this like little world is and how I wouldn't be here if I hadn't watched that one documentary. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. So what were you doing beforehand before you got immersed in the birth world? Oh man, um, not I feel I feel like current like now now that I'm in it like not much of anything. Mm. On um, I I feel like my whole like after high school I went to school for psychology that I wasn't really planning on doing anything with. 
um, I kind of jumped around from passion to passion, not really finding what I wanted to do. Um, I met, uh, you know, Anna Gannon from Expectful and Deanne. So I met both of them through uh, our yoga teacher training. So I became a yoga teacher um, and I thought I'm going to be a yoga teacher and open a studio. And that didn't, I just, I had all these passions and, but none of them I felt like really stuck. Like Mm. I had this, everything that I was drawn to, like yoga teacher training, or I'm really interested in um, like alternative healthcare. Like I have all of these um, like service driven passions that I had to help and to um, be of service to people, but none of them really stuck until I hit the birth world. And I've been involved in this for almost two years. And this is, I mean, I'm like, this is it. Like this is for sure the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, so before, before birth, I can, it feels like I wasn't doing much of anything. I was Mm. doing like a normal, normal job. I was working in an office um, and I was doing like a little tiny bit of yoga training, yoga teaching, but that is about it. (laughs) Mm. Wow. That's, that's so cool. I, I can really appreciate that kind of settling into like, ah, wow. And you know, all those things you did, you know, were just part of it, I guess, the way you could look at it. They were just avenues to get you where you are now. And, um, you know, in oh, a way yeah, they've all absolutely. contributed. So that's really neat. Yeah. Oh yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, if I wasn't, if I didn't go to your teacher training, I would never have met Anna and Deanne who have been like just amazing in this whole pregnancy and motherhood journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I, I've met people along the way and had experiences that have really affected my decisions about how I'm building Dallas birth guide. So, I mean, I would not have it any other way. I'm just I'm so glad to be in this world. (laughs) Yeah. Well, since this is the doing it at home podcast and you did do it at home, let's talk about that just for a few minutes. Like maybe share a few highlights or some things about your birth that were really um, poignant for you or just, just anything about it that, you know, you, you feel called to share. Yeah. So it's kind of a long story, but uh, I began labor. So halfway through my pregnancy, I decided I want a home birth just because I didn't feel like driving and it seemed like a horrible idea. And so we switched up, had her at home. So I was like 41 weeks and like five days. So I was right on the edge of 42 weeks. And so my midwife and I had been talking about, okay, so maybe at this point we might start stripping membranes or things like that. And we were giving me until like 42 weeks before trying all of these things. And I was at my prenatal appointment on like a Wednesday morning and I had lost my mucus plug. And so I was telling her all this and she was like, okay, well, you know, you lost it, but the mucus plug can come back and it may not be like a true indication of labor, just like rest and see how you feel. So I went home that night um, and I started having like early labor, but the thing about my entire labor, it was like three days long and it wasn't until like the last day, Friday, where I was like, oh, I'm really having a baby. <laughs> so for like two days, I'm laboring and I'm just telling myself, no, this isn't real. It's not time as my contractions are like getting stronger and I'm not able to like take walks anymore. And we're getting to the point of like transition. I'm like, oh man, I'm having a baby. Like this is is actually happening because mm-hmm. my husband for the first half of labor, he was like, okay, should we call the midwife? Like, do we need to tell her to come over? And the whole time, like at through a contraction, I'm like, no, I'm fine. It's fine. It's not real. <laughs> it's going to pass. It's going to slow down. Um, so I was super in denial for the first part of it. And, um, you know, doing it at home, I was 
just moving around the house, I spent a lot of time, like the toilet was my best friend during labor, like my best friend. I spent like 70% of my labor on the sitting on the toilet seat because it just, it hits those pressure points on your hips so well. And it was the only place that I could find comfort. So toilet was my best friend. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I kind of, like, went super introverted and my husband was great. Like he was trying to do all these things for me, like rub my back and hold my hands. And I was like, don't touch me. Just <laughs> yeah, don't touch me. I don't need to be touched. I just need to focus on this, con- getting through this contraction. And because this is the first baby, like you don't really know what to expect. Like right. you hear other people's stories and um, you definitely gain like inspiration from them. But your first time around, you're like, I have no idea what I'm about to, how am I going to act during labor? What I'm going to want. So my, so Ryan was just really great at trying all sorts of things. But in the end, I was just like, I just don't need to be touched. I really just need you for the contraction piece. And so he was really good about as the contraction was starting, he'd like race over to me and grab my hands and I would use him to like pull down on. And then I was like, okay, I'm good. You can go do, go do whatever you were doing. (laughs) And um, I kind of moved around the house and really like looking back on it. I'm like, did I, I really didn't have, what was I doing? Like, I felt like, I was in my own little world and just kind of like roaming the house in a really odd pattern. Like I'd sit on the toilet for a little while. I ended up under my dining room table somehow. Like I honestly, I don't remember how I walked, got to my dining room table and ended up underneath it. But my husband brought literally every single pillow that we had (sighs) inside the house and shoved everything under the dining room table for me so that I could lay down and rest under there. That's fascinating. It's like your little cave. I mean, that's so primal of you. I know. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what I feel like. I really didn't have like a path I was on. Like I didn't, like I had all these things planned of like, okay, here's a good like labor tool and I can do this to help me think, excuse me, through a contraction. And I like just tossed all that out the window. I was like, I'm going to sit under this dining room table with all these pillows and just hang out for a little bit. Um, So that was really fun. And we actually did have a, um, a tub that we had rented a, a water tub and, I think I was, it was the last day of labor. So I think it was like Friday morning. <coughs> Excuse me. Actually, let me back up a little bit. So Thursday, I had labored all Wednesday night and I, I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep at all through the contractions. And that's like the first thing that midwives say, like, okay, take a bath, take a nap. And I'm like, I can't do this. Right. I, I cannot sleep at all. So it's like five o'clock in the morning. And I texted my chiropractor um, because I work in a chiropractic office 
And so my really good friend um, was also my chiropractor throughout my entire pregnancy. And so I texted her at like five in the morning and because I had been planning on going to her anyway to kind of help make sure everything was lined up and that maybe I could help, you know, jumpstart labor because I was getting kind of late. Um, and so I texted her and I was like, is it too early for me to come in? Like, should I still, I'm like, I've been laboring all night. Should I still come in? And she's like, yes, yes, please come in. Let's adjust you while you're in labor. That's even better. So I went and got adjusted and, um, it was great. Like I so highly recommend chiropractic work during, not, I mean, during labor is amazing, but just in pregnancy in general, because I felt like I had such a smooth pregnancy because of that. Like no major like aches and pains. Like I was sleeping pretty well. Um, and I, I didn't have any like hip pain, joint pain. And I strongly believe that it was all chiropractic work. Like mm. I'm never not having chiropractic work while pregnant. Um, and so she adjusted me during labor. I went back home um, and things kind of slowed down Thursday night um, because I really needed sleep. And so I, my midwife was like, okay, well, how about you take like a baby Tylenol and that'll help kind of settle things down so you can get some rest. Because at this point I hadn't slept in like 36 hours. Yeah. Um, and I like, you need rest during labor. Um, it's just, it's really like a marathon. Like you need as much rest as you can. So I took a baby Tylenol um, and it slowed down and I was finally able to sleep for like five solid hours. And oh, I felt nice. great after that. Yeah. And then, um, I wake up and it's like seven o'clock Friday morning and I text my midwife. I'm like, okay, things slow down. Like it's good. She's like, okay, great. Go take a walk. Um, see how you feel. And at this point I, <laughs> I went for a walk and I made it to my mailbox and I could not go any further. And so we turned right back around. And at that point I told my husband, start filling up the tub because if I can't make it to the mailbox, this is going to happen really soon. Nice. And so she called the midwife and we started filling up the tub and I probably spent about two hours in there. Um, and this is, I feel like this is my favorite part. Okay. Second, maybe second favorite part of labor is that it, the tub was taking a really long time to fill up. And I was like, I need to get in here right now. And so I get in the tub and it's getting filled with hot water from the shower, but it's just not going fast enough. So Ryan then starts to fill every single pot that we have in the house with hot water and put it on the stove to boil. And in between contractions, he puts on Gilmore girls on the TV. Just he thought I might like something to watch while I'm like in intense active labor. And so Gilmore girls was playing on the TV and he is running back and forth from our kitchen, filling up pots with water, boiling the water on the stove, running back to the tub, pouring it in, in between contractions, which I need him for. So I'd like call for him in for a contraction. He'd run in, help me through that, run back and get another pot of water and come back to the tub. And I feel like that was the most like, like comedic part of labor. Like <laughs> I, I almost had like an out of body experience of like, there's Gilmore girls on the TV and Ryan's running around with like a chicken with his head cut off. And I'm in the tub, like screaming at him that I need him for a contraction. This is great. This is hilarious. That is pretty awesome. And, uh, uh, way to go, yeah. Ryan, first of all. And then second, I can only <laughs> imagine the witty banter and dialogue of Gilmore Girls to be quite oh, an I interesting know. integration into great. your birth experience. So I love that. <laughs> it was great. So like looking back on that piece and I'm like, oh man, that is hilarious. I love that part. And uh, so my midwife gets there. I get out of the tub so that she can kind of check me and we're, we're back in the bedroom and I'm laying down so that she can check to see how far I am. And she asked me, so did your water break? And I'm like, I don't know. 
So apparently it did break, but I was in the water, so I didn't uh, actually feel it or right. realize it. And so she was like, well, I feel hair. And in my head during the time while she's checking me, I'm like freaking out because I'm like, I'm only like five centimeters. Like I still have like three more days of this to go. Oh, this is going to last forever. I don't know if I can do this. And so she's like, well, I feel hair. Um, so I think your water, so your water broke and she's only about half an inch from being here. And I just immediately start bawling more oh, so for like the relief. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. We're here. We're doing this. Like it's going to happen. Immediately start crying. And so she asked me, okay, do you want to stay in here or do you want to go back to the tub? And I try and make it towards the tub and I made it to the end of my bed and I just kind of like dropped to the floor in mid contraction. And I'm like, I'm having her here. <laughs> I can't move anymore. All right, guys, this is where we're setting up shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so my midwife, like, poor everybody, because every everybody had kind of set up shop in the living room where we have the tub. And so people are then, like, running into the living room, bringing everything back into the bedroom and kind of setting up. And just because I'm like, nope, we're just, we're having her here. And so I think I pushed actively. So my body, now looking back on it, it's kind of hindsight is 2020, but looking back on it, I realized that my body was in active labor and pushing on its own mm -hmm. like well before I was really conscious of it and really was like working with my body to push, like really actively pushing because I realized like after my water broke, if I was in the tub when it happened, I remember like, oh, these contractions are changing. Like it's not so much like just squeezing anymore. Like I could really feel like a downward push mm -hmm. and it didn't really click to me until much later that like, oh, my body was really pushing this baby out. Like, and so that was just a huge, like epiphany to me of like, this baby's going to come out no matter what, whether I am involved, like I consciously am involved or not. My, there's just like this innate wisdom of your body of the, at a certain point, it's going to push this baby down. Like the whole time you're in labor, it's the contractions are more so about opening you up and opening your cervix up. But after a certain point, once you get to active labor, the contractions change and it's no longer contracting open, but it's pushing down. And I like looking back, I was like, oh, I felt that difference. Then my body was going to have this baby, whether I was helping it or not, like she was coming out. And so I think I actively consciously pushed for maybe two hours. Um, and that was, I feel like I, like, again, like went super inward, real primal. I was like, it was very serious for me and everybody around was like having a good time and like just talking up and they were trying to ask me questions and I was like, you guys keep talking. I'm listening. I'm just not actively participating mm -hmm. in this conversation, but just keep talking around me because it, it brings me into the present almost like focusing on their conversation was helping me really stay present in like, okay, we're here, we're yeah. doing this and yeah. not get too far into like, just thinking about how am I going to have this baby? And, um, so actively pushed for like two ish hours at this point, my best friend, Oh, this is, I mean, this is a great, story, but it's kind of irrelevant to my actual birth story. My best friend is the only one outside of my husband and my midwife that I allowed into my house when I was having this baby. And that's more so because I like I had some healing things to do with like the relationship between me and my mom. And so I put boundaries up of these are the people I'm allowing in my house mm. while I'm having a baby. Um, and that just like it eased my mind that way. And then I felt like it just helped me relax a little more so that I could like efficiently have this baby. But my best friend, I Ryan called her and was like, I'm having she's having the baby. So 
you need to, you know, wrap up whatever you're doing at work yeah. and head over. She had a mini panic attack at work. She, <laughs> she was drinking a green smoothie and got the call and was so flustered trying to leave work. And she knocked over the green smoothie, spilling it all over the floor and just kind of raced out of the room. She passed the custodian on the way and was like, I am so sorry. I spilled a green smoothie, but I have to go. My best friend is in labor. Like she's having a baby. I have to go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and she, she burst into the, wor- the room like as I'm contracting this baby out and like completely naked. But, you know, it's your best friend and you're in labor and mm-hmm. you just you lose all sense of modesty like you're just naked and you're there yeah and she's like so i spilled an into like a huge like 32 ounce green smoothie all over my office floor and i just like ran past the custodian yelling i'm so sorry my best friend's having a baby and i just like cracked up laughing at this like i'm over here just having a baby yeah, but- <laughs> and she's like freaking out at work <laughs> spilling green smoothies everywhere it was hilarious um so that really, like, just having that, like, light energy mm-hmm. around me, I feel like helped me not take birth so seriously. Because in my head, I was turning into, like, this real primal mama of, like, wanting to be in a cave and, like, going really inward, like, don't touch me. But having those people around to kind of keep the conversation going and, like, making jokes and telling me funny stories, it just helped lighten the mood of the room for me, mm. which was great. Um, and then I had Elena, so... Elena really wanted to be born very quickly. And again, I, I swear like your body is going to have a baby, whether you actively participate or not, because for the most part in a lot of the births that I've seen and a lot of the birth stories that I have heard, baby's head will come out and they kind of hang out for a second or two while you like pause between a contraction. Um, and before you get the shoulders out, no, Elena just kind of shot out. Um, there was no waiting. There was no pausing at the shoulders like, no, my my midwife was, um, as Elena was crowning and, like, about her head was about to come out, my midwife was like, okay, so shorten your breaths, like, really slow down and, like, try not to push too hard. And I was telling her, I honestly can't. Like, this, she's coming out. <laughs> I really can't stop pushing, even if, like, I couldn't even try if I wanted to. My body is pushing this child out. And so she was born on our bedroom floor um, and it, like the put like immediately afterwards was amazing. I, I ended up hemorrhaging a little bit. So mm-hmm. this is, I feel like this is the part where you know, people, when you say you have a home birth, like, Oh, what if something happens? Like, what right. if you hemorrhage? What if, like, what are these things happen? And I'm like, I did hemorrhage, um, mm-hmm. like a small, a smaller hemorrhage. Um, but my midwife had Pitocin ready to kind of help the uterus contract and to stop the, stop the bleeding. Um, she had it ready. She ended up not having to use it because she wanted to give my body time to adjust itself. Mm. That's the brilliance of our body is that your body wants to keep you alive. And so she had the Pitocin ready, didn't end up needing it because my body was kind of working on its own to stop the bleeding. Um, I tore a small amount and she kind of stitched me right up there and I just kind of like hobbled over to the bed and everybody got settled. Midwives are amazing because they did some laundry. They did a lot of laundry before they left. They made me like the herbal bath that I was going to do the next mm. day. They just like pre-prepared that for me. They cleaned up the room. Um, they, of course, stay for like two hours after birth to make sure like breastfeeding is going okay. Right. And they make sure that like your color is better, that you've eaten, that you've gone to the bathroom. Um, my midwife specifically said, I'm not leaving until you go to the bathroom. And so went to the bathroom they just like make they have 
the aftercare, those first two hours specifically are just so like you're well taken care of with midwives, like in your home. And they just, they do all sorts of things for you. Like they are so incredible. Um, and so, yeah, that was, I mean, a very long winded story, but that was how I had Elena at home. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love, I love the light you know, elements that you, you mentioned and how those helped you and balanced you with, you know, this ancestral primal, you know, divine feminine mama-ness that you're experiencing, but then also like, Hey, this stuff is going on too. And I think what that speaks to is you really knowing yourself and knowing what works for you in certain Mm -hmm. situations and then also navigating how you are in birth. And, uh, I think that's great because, you know, for some moms that would work exactly the same for them as it did for you and some, you know, the complete opposite, but just knowing what works for you and, um, exactly. The, the hemorrhaging piece, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I had some bleeding too and I was shot with Pitocin, yeah. you know, right there on my bed, just, you know, shot it in my leg and everything yeah. was cool. And that, that is definitely something that comes up when you talk about, you know, elements to home birth that you feel cannot be controlled and then can kind of create some fear, right. but just the, yeah. the training and the care of midwives is so amazing that I mean obviously those things are considered and you know Matthew always talks about the bags you know the gear that they came with you yeah. know he was thinking they're just gonna oh, come yeah. with this like small satchel you know oh right but yeah but like, a, like with a stethoscope and like yeah. like a blanket and that's it <laughs> right right and like some herbs and a drum or something because this right. is home birth yeah. so <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but I like that you mentioned that, and you know, that there are contingency plans and there are things put in place and there are, you know, hands-on training for things like that, that do yeah, pop up. So I love that definitely. you mentioned that. Yeah. And it's yeah, just it, such a beautiful story. Thank you. It was, it's fun. And I've told Ryan, like, I would, I would like you for, I mean, if, I think every mom says this, but it's like immediately after you have the kid, after you have your baby, you just totally forget how horrible and like painful labor was because I mean, there are definitely women like birth is like so orgasmic and it's beautiful and they didn't feel any pain. And I was not that kind of birth, (laughs) even though I had a home birth and I totally subscribed to like birth is amazing, amazing and magical. And it's like really powerful. I was like, labor was painful. Like it's, but it's a different kind of pain. almost, And so it's just not equivalent to like, you know, you break your leg or something like that. It's just, it's so different. And, um, like it, I honestly lost my train of thought just now because I feel like postpartum brain is happening right now. Oh, God. Um, it's so real. <laughs> I, I got you girl. It's fine. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So you just kind of forget that pain, like immediately mm-hmm. after you have the baby. And I just enjoyed, yes, it was painful, but I enjoyed birth so much because yeah. I feel like almost for the first time in my life, like, I was this like powerful like woman. Pregnancy was the first time. Pregnancy and motherhood have been the first time I have felt like womanly in my life, mm. um, which is a huge deal for me. And it was very healing for me. And it just gave me such a good start to motherhood that I was like this powerful, like super confident in my decisions. Like I knew what was going to happen, and I made these choices to birth this baby at home. Um, And so I loved, like, I really loved, like, the birthing experience. And so I think it was, like, the next day after having a baby, like, so, you know, we're going to have, like, a bajillion kids, right? Because that was awesome. I want to do this again. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's so great. Mother Nature did her job with you in that making you oh, yeah. remember all the amazing parts and let go of the parts that can be let go of. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So jumping into Dallas Birth Guide for a second and yeah. where it's at now and what's going on with it, you know, share some of that, you know, either what you're doing right now or what the day-to-day is like and where it's going, yeah. you know, what's kind of in the pipeline because I know you have some cool things coming up. Yes. So right as of what Dallas Birth Guide is right now, it's mainly a social media platform. Um, and I'm way more active on Instagram than I am on Facebook, even though I try and keep up with that. I feel like Instagram is uh, just so much more almost community-based than I Facebook agree. is. And I totally so, agree. Yeah. It's so much easier to connect. Um, and so I'm I'm way more active on Instagram. And so what it is right now it's, for Dallas Birth Guide is all of the photos that I have that I post on the Instagram account are from local Dallas photographers because something that is very also near and dear to my heart is supporting local businesses. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are amazing birth photographers just around the world. But I kind of like the next big plan for Dallas birth guide is I want one of these in like every major city and like just every city will have their own birth guide. And I just, I happen to live in Dallas. So I've just kind of started it here, but it's just a better, it's just a really good way of showcasing like what is, what your options are in your hometown, like where you are going to have a baby. Because I know that for me, like, Oh, I just love this one photographer's style, but she lives in Canada or she lives Mm -hmm. in Australia. And I'm like, Oh, there's no way I'm ever going to get this photographer to like to photograph my birth. And so it's, I feel like much easier to go to like a Dallas birth guides account and be like, okay, here's all of the birth photographers in Dallas and kind of what their different styles of photography are. I can pick one of these and reach out to them through, through Instagram. And it's so easy. Um, and then kind of the second piece of that is I, I try and talk about each picture. There's such a variety of types of birth and what Dallas birth guide and what I stand for in general are Home birth is not for everybody. Hospital birth is not for anybody. Mm -hmm. Birth center birth is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a personal choice and it's all about where you feel confident and comfortable with having a baby and it's your choice. And so I really try and make sure that I expose all the variations of normal for birth and make sure I, I try to say, okay, in this picture, like it's a cesarean picture. And uh, if you do have a cesarean, here are some options Like you can have a clear drape or you can drop the drape and you can have skin to skin afterwards. Mm. Um, And you can put all of the IVs and the monitors that you need on one arm so that you can hold your baby with the other arm, with your free arm. Um, You can have a birth photographer in a cesarean birth and some cesarean birth photography is some of the most beautiful work I've ever seen. And just all of these options that you have even within a cesarean birth or home birth. And I really, it's just social media or Instagram account. is just such a good education piece. Um, and kind of on top of that, like in the empowerment piece is you're able to see all types of women, all types of families, all mm-hmm. types of births. And that can help inspire women um, to, to make these choices for themselves. I actually, this is so, I was like ugly crying yesterday because I <laughs> had a message interaction with this mom on Instagram who has been following me for a while. And she had commented on this like, um, uh, in call picture that I had posted and she 
had asked some questions and she uh, apparently was attacked on by a, like a doula from another page that I have, I have no idea who it was. And I don't think that it was a Dallas doula, but just somebody on that picture had attacked her for asking a question. So I reached out to her personally and I was like, I am very sorry that you, you were attacked. And this is not something that like I stand for this is like the exact opposite of what I stand for. And she wrote this huge long thing about she had a not great first experience. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't like super traumatic, but she just didn't feel respected by her, her OB. And she said through following my Instagram page, she was like, you really inspired me to make decisions about my second pregnancy that I didn't make the first time around. And so I picked an amazing OB um, because she, she wanted to have another hospital birth. And so she picked a really great OB and made sure to ask him all these questions about like what kind of birth experience she wanted. And so she was able to like labor at home for a really long time. And she didn't choose to have an epidural and like all of these options. And she was like, your page has like really inspired me. And I was like, just ugly crying at home like oh my gosh like I'm so happy right now and I'm like this is why this is why like she had such a good experience Mm. the second time around and I just I love that like I want women to have good experiences um and so that's kind of like a small version of like what I'm doing within Dallas just kind of helping women find who their providers can be and what kind of team they can create for themselves and the experience they can they can actually create for themselves Mm -hmm. that's the biggest piece of it um and So kind of the next step up up from that is bigger plan of I want one in every city, which is huge goal, but it's going to happen. And even more on top of that. So I'm actually going to air my own podcast like next week. Um, And I know I'm really excited. And I think it's because this is the part I love most um, about being in the birth world because I'm not... I'm not a doula. Like I'm not a birth photographer. I don't have any actual skills to get me into a birth to like see a birth happen, but I love talking about it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what better way to do that than start a podcast? Hey, I um, can relate to that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, um, I, the podcast is really centered around Dallas in general. So it's the Dallas birth guide podcast. Um, and so it's partially talking to, Anybody and everybody who does work for women. So OBs, midwives, like as care pro- care providers, I'm talking to doulas, lactation consultants, pelvic floor therapists, um, just everybody who's involved with the motherhood experience, pre-pregnancy, preconception, um, and postpartum, birth labor, all of that. And then the second piece is birth stories from Dallas moms who yeah. have had all types of different births but felt really empowered and confident in their decisions. And so it's going to be a really good mixing between those two. So I'm really excited. That is extraordinary. I cannot wait. You'll have to send me everything about that and links and whatever. And we'll be sure to share that (laughs) on the show. Also for Um, any of you Dallas mamas or greater Dallas area mamas listening. um, That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. I'm super excited. Like I, I've, I've just like pre-recorded a few things before I start airing them. And just, I'm like, these are the, some of the best conversations I think I've had about birth. And it's not specific to birth. Like we, as the people and I have talked about birth and like the motherhood, the sisterhood sure. in being a mother, um, postpartum care, chiropractic care, um, just being a mom. Like it's just so many different topics kind of. You know, I'm, you know this especially like each podcast. You start off with kind of like this general theme you're going to talk about, and it turns into so much more when two people who are passionate and 
love this topic so much, just kind of get going. It just turns into magic. Yeah. I, you, you picked the perfect word and I mean, it's bound to, <laughs> right. With those ingredients put yeah. together, that's what it's going to create. Um, yeah. Yuki, I am so grateful to you for coming on the show and hanging out and sharing all of your amazingness, um, for not being like you said, a, a skilled birth attendant, you sure you know your stuff. I mean, you, you can talk <laughs> it. So that's pretty awesome. And now that you're providing this platform for women to educate, feel empowered, be supported is just beyond, beyond awesome. And we need it. So I thank you for that on behalf of all of us, even not being in Dallas. And <laughs> I totally see that yeah. vision of having cities across the states and then globe. I mean, with this sort of resource yeah. and all under the the kind of birth guide umbrella, I can totally hold that intention and vision for you. And I can see that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And that's yeah, this one other piece I wanted to touch on was, please. yes, it's called Dallas Birth Guide. And yes, I have list, like all of the resources on the website are technically in Dallas, but the education piece is still there for yeah, anybody who wants that's to universal. learn about it. Um, yep. Yeah. And so just any information that you want, you can look on there. Um, and again, I have good tools for the empowerment piece of like questions to ask your OB or your midwife to kind of like, if you inter go interview them and that's really good information too. And it's a really good action tool that you can use, um, to kind of take the next step after you read all the education piece. So yes, it's called Dallas birth guide and it is mainly geared towards Dallas mamas, but anybody can get on there and kind of figure out, what they want. Yeah. I mean, global intention and kind of universality of the information and then with local action based efforts is yeah. kind of what it sounds exactly. like. So that's, that's yeah. wonderful. And to connect with you, people can check out the website, correct? Which is Dallas birthday. Got Dallas birth guide. Wow. So mom brain and mom tongue are like yeah. real things. Um, <laughs> exactly. Dot com. Oh, and great then, two mix, right? yeah. <laughs> Instagram is at Dallas birth guide. Yes. And like I said a little bit earlier, I am way more active on Instagram than I am on Facebook, even though I do respond. Um, But Instagram is going to be much, much faster. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Cool. Yuki, again, thank you so much. Really appreciate you and just all the love Mm -hmm. and support. And, you know, again, just really holding that intention for you and everything you've got going on there. It's it's beautiful. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you and I love listening to your podcast. Like it's so I just love hearing these stories. It's so great. So thank you for letting me on your show. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.